You are tuned in to Kids in the Pit. It's Gabe from Kidman Pit Podcast. Today I'm lucky enough to be joined by Aaron Bredard from the legendary hardcore band, Bane. Thanks for joining me, Aaron. It was super cool to meet you at the Girl Biscuit Show in Rhode Island. Mind if I ask you some questions? Not at all. I'm excited. Okay. So if anyone is living under a rock and doesn't know, what do you do in Bane? I'm the singer. I'm the vocalist in Bane. Cool. Yeah. So what year did Bane become a band? We formed in the year 1995 is when we started. At the end of 95, we started writing songs and recorded our demo tape in December of 95, but didn't start playing shows until 96. Our first show was, I think it was in February or March of 1996. Cool. Yeah, long time. Yeah. So I know that Bane broke up. I was at your last show, but I think I was four or so. Well, were you there? That's sick. Yeah. yeah, but I just sat outside with uh, my aunt in the car because I didn't uh, really like you were I didn't kid, my you car. Were young. Back, but sure. I was. I, I did. I go inside the Palladium at all for a few minutes during Modern Life Before. Hated it. Um, <laughs> well, I don't hate it anymore. But now you're playing some shows again uh, this year, and yes. I'm so excited to see you live. So, are you excited for the shows coming up this year? We are very excited. It's sort of unbelievable that this is all starting to happen again because we kind of really stubbornly decided we were going to walk away and end the band and just like never go back to that again. And then a bunch of years went by and we realized how much we regretted that decision, how much we missed being in Bane and how much we were just sort of what seemed crazy for us not to play music together. So finally the talk started and now it's all happening and it feels kind of like a dream to be honest that this thing that i had missed for six or seven years is now happening again so i'm very excited cool so um where is bane from and do you do you all still live there well we started in a city called worcester which is where the palladium was was sort of our original hometown where i grew up my whole life and uh no one is in worcester anymore oh a couple of us now live closer to Boston, but we're still in Massachusetts. Zachary, the guitar player, he lives in Providence, Rhode Island, which is like 40 minutes from Boston. We still see each other all the time. He lives very close. James, the bass player, he lives all the way in Florida. Oh, wow. Jacksonville. And Aaron Dahlbeck, the other guitar player, he lives in Southern Pennsylvania right now. He's kind of been bouncing around between maryland delaware and pennsylvania so he's not in massachusetts anymore either so really it's just me and bobby but none of us live in worcester which is where the band really started don't you mean uh worcester yeah worcester exactly worcester Worcester. when i was 16 i did a fanzine and i called it worcester w-o-o-s-t-a was the name of the zine because that's how people pronounce the city yeah yeah so my favorite band song is swan song for anyone who hasn't heard Bane, what song do you suggest they look up? And do you have a favorite Bane song? I think my favorite might be a, a song called Some Came Running. 
which is on the record Give Blood. I like that song a lot. It's, yeah. it's really groovy. It's really fun to sing. It's a really dancey song. And I always kind of liked Bane songs that didn't have to have a fast part, that didn't have to go fast and could still be a really dynamic song. And that one kind of proved the point that we could do that. But if I was going to point someone to the song I would want them to check out for us, I think it would be another song from that record, Give Blood, called Sunflowers and Sunsets, because it's a really sort of oddball song. It's not traditional hardcore song at all, the way it's structured. The lyrics are really weird. And I would like people to sort of see kind of like how far left of center Bane could be, that we really kind of weren't afraid to do our own thing and to go off on our own sort of little stylistic little tangents. So that's the one I think I would point them to, because if they like Sunflowers and Sunsets, they're probably going to like the more traditional, fast and moshy type stuff. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'll make sure to check it out before the show. Yeah. Give Blood. That's the record, man. That's Swan Song is on the record we put out after Give Blood. Yeah. It's on the note. Right? It's yeah. on the note. Yeah. The one before that, Give Blood, is my favorite Bane record. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I know I know a few. Like, uh, you just mentioned Sunflowers and Sunsets. Well, I don't know that one. Wait. Anti up. Um, mm-hmm. Wait, what was the one you said before that? I know it. I just can't. Stung came running. The second song on the record. Stung came running. Yeah, I know yeah. those two. Yeah, yeah. Pretty. So, I'm uh, proud of that record. I really am happy with Give Blood. Yeah, it's an awesome record. Thank you. From so I watched the documentary about Bane. Yeah. Uh, it was awesome. Where can people watch it? And did you enjoy making it? Uh well, we didn't make it, and it was sort of made in a way that we were kind of kept away from having to be too bothered with all of the bullshit that goes on behind making a documentary. There's so much to it, and we really weren't too involved in it. Um, our friend Dan, he wanted to come along and to shoot the final tour and to kind of try to put together some sort of a documentary to present what was going on with the band as we were saying farewell. But I really kind of didn't want it to feel like we were making a movie. I didn't want it to feel like any of the things that we were going through on that tour were for the sake of the camera, you know, it was our last tour. And we really wanted to enjoy every step of it, wanted to enjoy these, these final shows. So we sort of asked him, look, you can come along, you can shoot whatever you want, but you got to stay out of the way. We, we, We don't want cameras in our face when we're walking into the venue. We don't want cameras in the van when we're like talking amongst ourselves. We didn't really have him do that. We just said, yeah, We'll give you interviews if you want, and you can shoot from afar, but we don't want this experience to be ruined by having a bunch of cameras around and feeling like, oh, God, this is being made for a movie. We've got to be really special right here. We just wanted it to feel very natural, very much just being able to say goodbye to the band. And he was amazing at just staying out of the way. Like, There's footage in that in that documentary that I can't believe he got because it, there was never a feeling that I was being filmed or that I was being followed around by a camera. He just sort of did his thing very professionally. He followed us in his own vehicle. And then when he got all the footage he needed, he edited it without us. He put that together by himself with his own crew of people. And then the movie just sort of came out. So I don't feel like I had much to do with the making of the movie, but it's everywhere. If you Google it, um, holding these moments, you can find where it's, where it's streaming. It's streaming all over the internet for sure. And I think you can even maybe even buy a copy of it. 
but I'm not sure exactly where to go, but it's easy to find. It's called holding these moments. Cool. Yeah, my mom uh, bought it on Amazon Prime recently. Oh, nice. So it's up and, there. Perfect. Yeah. And we saw the screening in um, Millersville, PA at the Phantom Power. Oh, whoa. So you started on the big screen. You started in theater. Yeah. That's awesome. That's really cool. So which suicidal tape did you listen to when you were 15 and riding your skateboard? <laughs> the first one, the self-titled debut record with like nice. all yeah. the great drawings on the cover of the different t-shirts that people had drawn in the backs of their jackets that they had written suicidal on. Yep. Yeah. Record, record was huge. You, you love that record? That's my favorite. Oh man. It's such a good record. That record was huge for me when I was a kid. It changed my life. Yeah, the one was I Saw Your Mommy and Institutionalized. Oh, all songs. those songs are so good. That's the one for sure. Yeah. I don't really care. I don't really care much about any of the stuff that comes after that record. That's, yeah. the, that's the only one that I love. I mean, the second one is like, okay, but the first one is miles better in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Join the Army is like, I like that song. That song was always fun to see them play it live, but it doesn't compare to the first record. That first record is just so special. Yeah. Yeah. They That's sick a, that you like that record. I love that you're into older punk and hardcore stuff. That's really yeah. cool. Your mom was telling me you really like DRI, which mm -hmm. is cool. Because a lot of kids now, you know, they don't check out the older bands. They just check yeah. out, you know, the, the new stuff. I think it's cool that you're looking at the roots. Yeah. Like if so sometimes when I hear a band, I'll listen to the older stuff first because that's what their sound would originally be them going for. And then yeah. I'll go to the new stuff. Like um with Less Than Jake, I don't, so, yeah, they're more like Ska. Mm -hmm. Their newer stuff, I'm not a huge fan of, because it's a little, like, slow and, like, but with the older stuff, it was kind of fast, but, like, horns and fun and, like, I yeah. mean, the newer stuff's still fun, but I like the older stuff more. Yeah. I, I, I find that a lot with bands. Their first record is so often their best record, and I think it's because the first record you're building that record for so long, you know, like you're not making that record because you have to make that record. You're not making that record because the first record was successful. This is the first time that you're making a statement with your band. And so often that seems to be like when you're at your most energetic, when you're at your most brave is when you're just, you're, you're finally getting to put songs out there. So I often find that the early stuff in a band is the stuff that I enjoy the most as well, for sure. Yeah. So what was your first punk or hardcore show you attended and how old were you? I would have been 15. So way older than you. I would have been, it would have been in 1985. I'd been into punk and hardcore for about a year, but living in Worcester, there were just, there were no all ages shows at all. There was only one place that did shows and it was a bar and they weren't letting us in there ever. And I didn't have any friends yet that had cars. All my friends were 14 or younger. So I had to wait till I was 15 till I finally made some friends who were like 16 and 17 and could drive me to Boston, which is about 40 minutes away from Worcester. And we came out here to see Black Flag play in 85 when they were touring for the Slip It In record. You know that record, Slip It In? I uh, know. I'm not too uh, familiar with Black Flag. Not their best record. Check out Damage, though. Check out like one of the earlier records. I bet you would really love that record. But okay. yeah, I saw him in 85, 15 years old. And it was, you know, the craziest thing I'd ever seen. I'd never seen anything like that before. And I just couldn't wait to go to go back to see another show. I loved it so much. 
What was your first show? What's the first show that you felt like you went to because you wanted to see the band? Um, Bad Religion. And oh, yeah. it was in Orlando, Florida, because me and my family go to Disney World every year. And it so happened, like the Disney trip was already planned. Okay. And it so happens that the day we get to Orlando, there's a Bad Religion show. And you already knew the band. You already liked them. They were a band you really liked. Yes. And I learned like. So excited. All- How old were you? Nine? Uh, nine, yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's great. Dude, when I was nine years old, I didn't even, I couldn't even tell you what a guitar was. I didn't know anything about music. Even when I was 11, I didn't know the difference between rock and roll or in disco. I like couldn't even explain it. I just, music was just something that played on the radio and that sometimes made me happy and sometimes I didn't care about. That's all I knew. I didn't know anything about music at 11. It's so cool oh. that you're really into it. Well, the piano. But to be honest, back when I was nine, I didn't know how guitars worked. I I would just pluck the strings, and I didn't know what what frets did at all. And I just I was like, I can't play bad religion. Why would the notes work? <laughs> but you grew up in a house with guitars and basses all around you. That's yeah. part of the deal. Like yeah, that. I see. Because I saw yeah. you playing bass, and you you're really good at it. You already know how to play. It's amazing. Thanks. Yeah. And uh, I have well, I don't have a drum set, but I use my dad's because he plays drums. And oh, he's a drummer. Okay. Yep. Cool. And also, I have a PA system because, like, my dad's band uh, bands practice down there all the time, and they have a big freaking PA system, and like, it's awesome. So you can just go down there and do whatever you want. Bang on it, bang on the drums, play guitar, do whatever you want down there. Yeah, and it's That's awesome. amazing. That's so good to have in your house, dude. That's great. Thanks. You're probably going to have your own band in within like two or three years. Yep, probably. So what are some bands that you like a lot? And what are some that you like uh, love to see live? Live right now? I mean, I saw a band recently, High Viz, an, an English band who finally came over here and toured the U.S. And they blew me away live. I hadn't had that that feeling in a long time of seeing something that felt really special and felt really new and honest in the crowd just really responded to what they were doing. It felt like an exciting thing where a lot of shows I go to now, it feels like the same thing over and over. I've seen this, I've heard these songs. That one felt, felt like being a teenager again. That was really special. And some other, I saw a band at Triple B Fest, which is a festival we have up here every winter called Life's Question. I think they're from New Jersey. I'd never heard them on record before, but live, they really impressed me. I thought they were very interesting had cool things to say between songs, which is always something that means a lot to me personally. I liked them. And that band Mind Force, New York band called Mind Force, are just always so fun to see live because kids love them so much. And their singer is so charismatic and he's so great to watch on stage that I always get really excited to watch them. They remind me a lot of sort of older bands that I used to love in the 80s. Bands like The Bad Brains and Underdog and Super Touch and some of those bands that really meant a lot to me. When I see Mind Force, I get a little bit of a feeling of that. It's like cool. really just very cool band, you know? Make sure to look them up. Yeah, so. definitely, definitely check out High Viz because they're special. They don't sound like anything else right now. And the lyrics are really, really brave and really interesting. Super cool band. Okay. So what is your favorite place you've toured in? And what's the most obscure place you've toured in? Favorite place? Oh, man. It's so cliche, and I'll bet if you ask this question a lot, you hear this answer a lot, but it just has to be Japan. 
I just love yep, Tokyo. <laughs> Do people say it all the time? All the time. It's so... <laughs> I mean, Japan's awesome. I don't blame you. It's just the best. It's really, and it's not even just like how futuristic it is and how very far from home you feel, but there's something about the way that people treat each other, the way people treat you. And there's just a sort of just a feeling of like calmness and caring that just exists in the air that it, 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 you, you just don't get that feeling here in America. I always remember coming back from Japan. We'd go to Japan. We'd be there for a week, maybe 10 days. And we would come back and I would get off at the airport. And people would be stressed here and they would be rushing around and the horns outside would be blasting. And everyone has just got a sort of a mean look on their face. And you're just like, fuck, man, I want to take me back to Japan. What am I doing here? It just feels like they have something they have something figured out there that we have not figured out here as far as how to live on a day to day type. So that's my favorite place, a place that I hope that Bain can get back to the most. The most obscure place? Well, we went to some pretty, like, we went to a place in South America called Cali, C-A-L-I, that I had never oh. even heard of before that was off the beaten path. We had to drive in a bus all night long through windy, bumpy roads from Bogota, which is the capital of South America. Yeah of Colombia. And so that's all the way like at the top. Exactly. I heard you were somebody told me you were good at at your geography. Yep. Yeah, at the top. So we get to Bogota and then we're told well we're going to Cali for the first show and we're going to get in this bus and we're going to drive all night long through windy, bumpy, mountainous terrain. And I remember feeling this is pretty obscure place. Like I've never even heard of this. I didn't I didn't know if I was in a small town. If I was in a very small city, there weren't a lot of kids at the show, but it felt like we were far from home. But we oh. did that in Brazil, too. We went just played some places. I don't even remember the names of them. And we also did that in Indonesia. We went oh. and just played some places that weren't the main cities, you know, that weren't Jakarta, that weren't Medellin, but some other just like smaller places that I'm sort of embarrassed to admit. I don't even remember the names of them. Oh, Yes. So what country was Cali in? It was in Colombia. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. We would play Colombia. We would play Medellin, which are both kind of cities that you have heard of before. Yeah. But that first tour, we went there, played someplace called Cali. That's cool. Yeah, it was cool. I always loved that feeling of being in a place that you could just never would have imagined that you would go to if you didn't get lucky enough to get into a band. Nice. Yeah. Ben got to do that a bunch for sure. Yeah, it's awesome. One of, yeah. That's one of the reasons uh, I want to be in a band because, like, you don't even have to be that giant to tour in these crazy, like, just, like, awesome places. You're absolutely right. You don't have to be that giant. You just have to just really want to do it. If you can find three or four other guys that have that same feeling of you that it, we just want to get out there and see the world and experience other places, other people, other cultures. Your band doesn't have to be that good. Your band doesn't have to be that big. You just have to just have the heart to go and do it and be willing. You know, you're never going to make a lot of money. You're going to be sleeping on couches and sleeping on floors. And your mom was huge for Bain in the early days that she always had a place for us to stay and always was there to help us out. And that's really what happens in punk and hardcore is that 
you don't need a lot of money is that the, there will be people in every city who care about your band so much that they'll care about you and they'll just you know they'll they'll show you where to eat they'll tell you where to go and very often they give you a place to stay and that's how Bain existed for a lot of years it's just you know we weren't making a lot of money we weren't a big band but we didn't want to stay home we wanted to be out on the road playing shows and seeing the world and you're absolutely right. I loved hearing you say that. You don't need to be big. You don't even need to be good. I don't even know if Bane is a good band. We were just a band who good. had a lot of heart. Well, that's nice of you to say that. Thank you for saying that. But yeah. So part of your love for geography is you you have a feeling inside that you want to see other places. You want to go to some of these places and see other things. Mm -hmm. That's really in you. Yeah. I've, so I'm going to London with my dad's band, Thought Control. They're like a cross punk band. Yeah, yeah. And they're not they're not like they're not like 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 you were saying, they're not very big. They're like three hundred uh most listeners on Spotify and they're going mm -hmm. and I'm pretty sure they got asked to play Germany, didn't they? Possibly in the future. There's something. And that's so I, amazing. Yeah. And before that, uh do you know the band counterparts? They're like and they're kinda like hardcore. Yeah. They're sure. uh they played in uh, a lot of places, but we went to Prague and Budapest to see them. And You've been all over already. You've already been to Prague and Budapest. Yep, that's all. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, also, like two weeks ago. I, I also went to Oslo, Norway. That's true. Because we had a a layover. <laughs> we had a layover, but we but we extended it to three days. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's getting you get to you get to say you went there. Yeah. Some places I've laid over and like I won't actually say I've been there, but if well, you've you had a three day layover, you've been to Oslo for yeah. sure. We extended it. Yeah. Well, technically, if you have a layover, technically you are in that country. So technically you've been to that country. That's right. true. You just don't I've, I've laid over in Dubai. In Dubai, and just like I have a hard time bragging about that I've been to Dubai because I've only yeah. walked around the airport, you know? Mm-hmm. But yeah, that is incredible. So your stamp already has a bunch of passports on it then. Stamp I mean, your passport already has a bunch of stamps on it. Yep. That's sick. So London's next, huh? You've never been before? Uh, well, so we had a six-hour layover and a 20-hour layover on our way. Six-hour layover there and 20-hour layover in London back. Whoa, 20 hours is brutal. That's long. What'd you do there? Uh, I mean, we just went to like basic stuff. We walked across the London Bridge. We did. Nice. We walked across the Beatles crosswalk. Oh, sick! You went to Abbey Road, yeah. Yep. I've done that. Yeah, it was cool. You love the Beatles? Uh, I don't. I'm not. They're not really my style, but I definitely appreciate them because hard, like hardcore and stuff, wouldn't exist without them because they like started rock. Yeah, I never thought of it that way, but it's true. I yeah. was nervous you were going to ask me my all-time favorite band because it, I think that's the answer. It's, I don't have a very cool answer for who's my favorite. I think it's the Beatles. I just love them so much. The older I get, the more I appreciate them. And I didn't well, know how, how, yeah. how, how much you liked them. That's a good answer. Yeah, they're cool. So what is your favorite type of food from another country? I'll tell you, man. This is a simple answer. But we went to Israel. And those kids took us to just some little place, just some little, some little lunch place. And they just gave us hummus and fresh pita bread. And I think it was the best meal I've ever had in my life. Like if I could go anywhere in the world right now and get a meal right now, just get transported to that place. 
I would go back and have that hummus and that bread again. It was that good. And I love Mexican food. I love Italian food. I love the pizza in in Rome. But there was something about that hummus that day. Maybe it was the atmosphere that we were with our friends and it was a beautiful day. And we were very far from home and in this really beautiful country. But when I think about my favorite meal, I always think about that hummus that day. That was my favorite. Nice. Yeah. Well, if I go to Israel, I'll try to find a place with pita bread and hummus. Hummus. Yes, they make it amazing there. Also, uh, a really cool food that I ate when I went to Europe is in Oslo, I ate reindeer. What? That's yep. Wild. It was so weird. I mean, to me, it just tastes—it just tasted like a a deer, like burger or something. Okay, kind of like a but, burger. Yeah, it just tasted like deer. It was, yeah, it was good. I liked it. That's sick. I've never heard of that before. Eating reindeer. Yeah. But if you if you guys go back to Oslo, eat reindeer. Okay. <laughs> I don't eat meat, but there's a couple guys in the band who will definitely try reindeer. I have guys in my band when we were in, where were we? Maybe we were in the Philippines and they were eating cockroaches on a stick. They were eating bugs on a stick. Like the band or just like. No, the band, my guy, Zach has a video with like crunched up insects all over his teeth. Because you can actually eat eat fried cockroaches over there. That safe? (laughs) I mean, I guess they did it. Well, I guess they're okay. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know, but they survived. Yeah. Well, if I go to Philippines... They I'll... would definitely... I mean, there's no question he would eat reindeer. He would eat reindeer in a heartbeat. Yeah. Maybe maybe there's vegan reindeers, like a like a <laughs> vegan burger. But like, yeah, maybe. Try that. Maybe. So, do you have any crazy or funny tour stories? Man, I get asked this question a lot, and I always kind of draw a blank. Let me think of a cool one. There's, there's a, here's a fun one from Japan. From the first time that we went to Japan, there was a band there called the FC5, a Japanese band, that really took us under their wing, and they let us stay with them, and we drove around to all the shows in the same van with them. We became very close friends. Within two days, we were like brothers. And they take us to go do karaoke, in Tokyo, when I, you know what karaoke is, right? Yeah. And karaoke in Japan is very, very different than it is, is in America. You rent a whole room that has couches that line the walls. There's a big table in the middle. There's a phone. You can just get, get on the phone and order whatever food you want. There's a, t- there's a big TV. And then there's the smaller TV that scrolls the, the lyrics. And the TV shows the video. And there's a whole book, like a phone book, filled with songs that you can choose from. I've never seen anything like that before. So we pile in there, both bands, and we order tons and tons of food and we're doing karaoke. And the Japanese take karaoke very, very seriously. They're very showy when they sing and they get up and they dance and it's just really, they're, they're giving it their all and we're having a blast. And we start to realize that this phone book has some pretty cool songs on it. It's got like the Sex Pistols on there. And then we find Anthrax, Caught in a Mosh. I don't know if you know that song. Uh, yeah, I know Anthrax. You know that one? So that song is on there. So now we're losing our minds. We're in there dancing, throwing the cushions from the couch in the air, jumping around on the, on all the furniture. We're just having it. And then they 
someone opens the door and they bring us in a new round of like French fries and drinks. And we, people don't even have their clothes on. We're losing it. And they just come in and they bow their head and they could come between us. They put the food down and they just ran out the door, like didn't yell at us, didn't shut it down. And it just felt like in America, this would be over. We would all be kicked out into the street in two minutes flat. And they didn't say a word. They just let us be in there losing our minds to these crazy songs. That was a really fun night. Cool. So what was your favorite TV show when you were my age? When I was your age, man, my mom was real strict about television. She didn't like to let me watch a lot of TV. She didn't like anything that was violent. Like even things like the Three Three Stooges or the Lone Ranger, any of these shows where anyone could get hurt in any way, she tried to keep us from them. So I didn't watch a lot of TV. I do remember there was a show called Happy Days. You ever hear of that show with the fawns on it? Uh, might, no, I haven't. Yeah, that's real grandparent type stuff. I would watch that sometimes, but mostly I watched baseball. Mostly I really loved sports because she was so sort of strict about not letting us watch a lot of other TV. I felt really fell in love with watching baseball for sure. Wait, but if nothing could be violent, uh, how are you able to watch baseball? Because someone could get hit in the face by a baseball. It's true. Yeah, it's true. But somehow she allowed that. I I played Little League. I was really into, I was really into baseball as a kid. So she did allow that. But there were a lot of shows that at school my friends would be talking about. And I just didn't know anything about them because she, she just likes to have us not be watching a ton of TV. That was really kind of important to her. Oh. But here's the kicker. Here's the thing. When I get older and become a teenager and can watch whatever I want, all I do is watch violent movies. I watch the most violent movies. All of my favorite movies now are the most violent movies. So it really backfired on her. It didn't work the way she was hoping it would work. Yeah. I'm not I'm I'm not really into sports. The only two sports I like are soccer, but yeah. for, uh I saw in my analytics, I have some people not from the U.S., like Canada, and I think there was some German uh, people from Germany. So sure. football, if if you're from not from the U.S. Yeah, got to call it football. But, yeah, I kind of like that, and I also like um, hockey, but uh, I wasn't really into baseball. I tried it for, like, three things, and I got really bored. And then I missed the ball because I was just sitting on the grass. <laughs> I saw a ladybug and I was like, I can't step on it. <laughs> That's the best. I was protecting a ladybug, okay? That's so funny. Just lost all concentration. Yes. Yeah, baseball is not for everyone. It's such a slow sport. A lot yeah. of people really, you know, a lot of people don't like it because of how boring it is. And I'm never able to tell them that they're wrong or argue with them. Like, they're right. It is a very slow, boring sport when compared to a lot of sports, but. Somehow it's just, I've just loved it my whole life. There's something peaceful about it to me that I've always loved. Cool. What about you? What TV shows do you like? Um, Wait, so TV shows or movies yeah. or both? TV. Okay. Just think. Um, me and my mom watch uh, Big Bang Theory a lot. Okay. Sometimes Young Sheldon. Yeah. Uh, Wonder Years, Gilmore Girls. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah, mainly those. I've never seen any of those. Oh, well, we also really like uh, horror movies. Have oh, you yeah? seen the new Evil Dead movie? Because we just yeah, saw I did. It. I went and saw it at the theater. It's amazing. Did you love it? 
Yes, it's so bloody. Dude, it was one of the bloodiest movies I've ever seen. Yes. I have a friend who told me a story that they went to see it with their friends. And sitting behind them were two seven-year-olds with their parents. And they were just crying the entire time. They were just sitting back there bawling their eyes out. The whole movie made me laugh. That was a very gross movie. So there's no horror movies that bother you then, huh? You're not afraid of a little bit of gore or any of that? No. That's cool. I mean, have you seen so like, Exorcist yet? What? Have you seen The Exorcist yet? No. That one's really scary. Okay. That's the scariest movie I've ever seen. Um, we'll watch I'm scared it now just thinking about okay. it. Okay. I guess I'm watching it tonight. You might not think it's scary because it's older and it's not super, super gory. But yeah, I told you that that my mom was really strict about what we would watch and there's no way we were watching horror movies. I didn't know anything about horror movies when I was 11 years old, but when I was 13 years old, I get sent to go live with my father. He lived in Virginia. I have to go spend a couple of years staying with him. And my dad didn't care what I watched. I could do whatever I wanted when I moved in with my dad. And one night I just watched the exorcist sort of by accident, like didn't even know that it was very famous for being this very disturbing movie and just watched it all alone in the house and it scared the daylights out of me. It bothered me so much that really to this day, I'm not really a horror movie guy. I don't like that feeling of being afraid. I'm always so stressed out inside, but that's uh, a scary one. You might not, I'd be curious, hit me up, let me know what you think of it, but it might not work for you because it's an oldie, it's an old one. Yeah, but well, um, why? So at, at first I liked horror and then I didn't. So mm -hmm. the story is I was watching Freddy Krueger uh wait not nightmare on elm street was it yeah. one or two one one i think okay and then my and then after the movie my dad came in and he like scared scared us like and he uh like as a joke and then that scarred me so i for a good like two years or so like this was, i was like seven for a good two years or so i stopped right wait right. i think it was like eight. you didn't want that feeling anymore and then but now you're back. Yeah, now I'm back. Now you love them? Now you want to watch them all the time? That's your favorite kind of movie? <laughs> yes. It's amazing. I love all the Evil Deads. They're amazing. They're so... I Especially <laughs> when they're bloody. Amazing. I love... I Maybe I should be on some list, but like... Okay. <laughs> maybe I should be on some list. <laughs> I, I just like bloody movies. Police, if you're watching this, I'm not a psychopath. Yeah, yeah. It's fine. It's so weird that they take... The things that we enjoy watching and try to turn it into what it says about us as people or that turns us into crazy people, it's fine. You're allowed to watch whatever yeah. you want to watch. I know. That's part of the fun of our art. So let me ask you, in the new Evil Dead movie, were there a lot of references to the original movies that you kind of caught? Is there? I, I had a feeling that I was missing out on a lot of sort of like inside jokes or inside references because I didn't know so, you. any of that stuff. There were a few? Yeah. Because I mean, I've never, I've never seen the original, the original Evil Dead movies. I've, I've never watched those. I mean, there was the Necronomicon, so. Yeah. Wait. And there was, was like the Chainsaw, right? There was a book. Wait, no, it was through record. Remember? Instead of tapes, the original was on tapes. Yeah. It's very similar. Oh. Same idea. <laughs> that was a bloody movie. God, that movie had so much blood in it. Okay. I couldn't believe how gory it was. Yeah, it's crazy. And the elevator. Oh, oh uh, okay. So, 
if you haven't seen the new Evil Dead and want to watch it and don't want spoil uh, spoilers, just skip ahead like a good like 30 to 40 seconds. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna talk in three, two, one. The professional you are. Yep. Okay. I loved the scene where the elevator filled with blood and they were like drowning in it. Their hair were soaked, dripping in blood. It, it was, was crazy. Such a bloody movie. The thing that I thought about when I walked out of that theater is that now somebody has to outdo this movie. Now somebody has to look at this and be like, oh, we have to do even more. Like, yeah, there's no end to how bloody movies are going to get. It's so funny to me. Okay. Wait, so I'm going to watch Exor- The Exorcist. Yeah. You're going to watch Evil want. Dead 2. Deal? So I can watch Evil Dead 2? I don't even have to watch the first one? Just go uh, right to- Yeah. You can also watch the first one if you want, but... Okay. They're not really that very connected. Okay. Basically the same movie. Evil Dead 2 is just more funny. (laughs) And more funny. I would suggest it. I will watch it. If you'll watch Exorcist, I'll watch the Evil Dead 2. And we'll we'll compare notes. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So if you could choose to be an animal for one day without the risk of being killed or eaten, what would you choose and why? Gotta be bird, right? Gotta go with bird. I mean, how cool is a bird? You can fly. Yeah. Just, I like look at a bird on a wire and I just can't believe that they're real, that you, there are these things that can just fly. How it's sick. Made by the government. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I got to go with bird. I just need to know what that feels like to be able to be on the top of a tree and two seconds later to be standing on a wire and three seconds after that to be standing on a rooftop. It's just so amazing to me. And yeah. I don't really believe that I think they're communicating with each other. All that singing and squawking, I think they're talking, man. I think there's yeah, a whole thing going on that we don't know about. Wait, so a bird isn't an animal. It's a type of ant. It's ty- like there's tons of types of birds. So would you Oh, you, you want me to pick the specific bird? Would you? Yeah, I'll be a cardinal. Why not? Bright red? Yeah. Super rare. Anytime anyone sees a cardinal, they're so excited. They're pointing it out. Oh, look, it's a cardinal. I'll take cardinal all day. Yeah. What about you? Um... Let's think. What's a good bird? I mean, an eagle would be cool. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Eagles are just like the boss, right? They're, they're so cool. Cool. And like, they're kind of strong, I think. Like, yeah, they're the biggest. Mess with them. Seriously, I don't know. I've never heard of anyone messing with an eagle my whole life. No one's ever talked to me about a yeah. step up to an eagle. And if I, if I could choose a flightless bird, it would definitely be penguins because I love the cold. And you then- do? Yes, I love the cold so much. I love when it snows. What? I hate Where the summer. Where do you live? In Delaware. Oh, you live in Delaware. What are you guys doing in Rhode Island that day? You just came up for the gig? Uh, well, so we came up, We came to Atlantic City yeah. uh, for Girl Biscuits, and the day after, there was a show in Providence. Yeah. And um, We're crazy, that's all. Yeah. I love it. Do you guys we just jump in the Biscuits. car and just go to shows? <laughs> Yes. Yeah. I think we went, to, I think Gabe went to 40 shows last year. Oh my God. <laughs> That's so rad. But it's like you extra drove cool. up like you were 18 years old. Fine. We'll well, go it's like Providence. if your kid loves it, you can't not, you know? So we'll go to like, we went to four DRI and, shows. And like, it was like right after COVID when we started going to all those shows. Yeah. Everybody was touring. And yeah, yeah. everyone was touring, like, because they were all in one time. I know. Everyone had just been sitting in their house dying to do it. It was crazy 
when it all started happening again, it was just everyone is out. You could just feel people being like, get me back out yep. onto a stage. I need to play music for my yep. for people. It was awesome. So that's, so that's cool. You guys just drove up to see the show. So you saw them twice that weekend, Gorilla mm-hmm. Business. Well, also part of the reason is my friend um, Dom. He lives in uh, uh, he lives in Worcester. Yeah, and Worcester. he went to the show, and oh, nice. we don't get to hang out with him much because we're like five hours away. Yeah, and so that was part of the reason because he was going too. Okay, they were good in Providence that night, huh? Gorilla Biscuits. Yeah, it was awesome. I thought they were really good that day. Yeah, Such a cool band. and uh, we got to um, wait. Did we drive home next day? Yeah. Wait, where's our hotel again? I don't remember. Somewhere in Connecticut. Oh, yeah. It was some <laughs> crappy place in Connecticut. <laughs> and it smelled like drugs. And it was... <laughs> it was one star, but it was like 40 bucks or something. 60 yeah, bucks. I've fun. been there. <laughs> it smelled like cigarettes. Yep. So we had to open the window because yep. I don't... I'm straight edge and I'm not... The sheets well, were clean. Technically, since I'm a child, I have to be straight edge, but I will for the rest of my life. Wow. I know because if if the Toby's son, Toby from H2O, if his son can keep a promise, I can keep a promise too. Yeah. I believe you can keep a promise. Yeah. I'm not. I'm going to be. No, I'm going to be straight edge. There you go. Yep. So if you could tell your 11-year-old self anything at all, what would you tell him? It's funny because my mom tried to tell me a lot of good things. She tried to, you know, she was a very moral person and tried to and pass to pass on a lot of wisdom to me. And when I was 11, I just wasn't about I wasn't hearing it. You know, she tried to tell me about being a good person, treating other people like you would want to be treated yourself and all that stuff. It didn't matter to me when I was 11. It doesn't kind of click until you get older and you start to see how the world works. So I feel like I feel like if I was going to go back, I would want to pick something that might sort of land on me at 11 and talking to you now thinking about this. I think that what I would tell him is, um, cause you, I was, I was like, and I was kind of destined to be a creative person. I was definitely going to have to find different ways to express myself. I was a weird kid. I was kind of a nerdy kid and it was going to be a tough road in that there were going to be a lot of people around me that were going to be mean, that were going to be judgmental, that were going to try to tear that down. And that stuff really hurts, especially when you're young, when people are saying negative things about you or that aren't aren't understanding how much of your heart you put into these things. And it's easy for them to just roll their eyes at them and tear them down. And if I could go back, I would tell my 11-year-old self that that stuff that they say that they do isn't about you, isn't even about what you're doing. It's about them. It's about something that's going on with those people. And you need to keep your head in the game. And just keep working hard and believing in the things that make sense to you. If something feels in your heart like this is important, then listen to that voice. And don't let other people, because there are just so many people in this world that don't do anything. And all they do is sit around and they judge. And they look at other people and they're going to try to find ways to tear them down. And just don't, not to let it get into your head, you know, like, yeah, it hurts. And of course, anytime you do, I'm sure you're already starting to hear people say negative things because you're putting yourself out there. What you're doing with this podcast is very, very brave, is very ambitious. And for 
every 10 people that say this is the best, there's always going to be that one person that has some shitty flippant little one line to just throw into you to make you feel bad about it. And that is about them. That is their deal. Something is wrong in them and just keep moving, you know, yep, because I know. it's tough out there. It's tough when you are willing to do the sort of thing that you're doing or the sort of thing that I've done in a band is to put your heart on display to say I have things to say I have things to believe I have things that I believe and I'm going to put myself out there and it becomes very easy for others to judge that in a negative way and just don't let it don't let it slow you down you know it's really about them I think if I could go back if I could get my 11 year old self was very hyperactive and I don't know if he paid attention to much of anything but I would try to get him to believe that but one other thing that would be fun to tell him, if I could go back and tell my 11-year-old self, is I would give him a piece of paper and say that just said, buy Apple stock. Like when yep. you when you reach this age, buy this stock. Because you're going to be multimillionaire. Exactly, exactly. But that feels like cheating. Part of the fun of life is having to figure it out and not just have everything handed to you. So yep. I would tell him to just prepare for a tough road. If there are going to be people all around you, they're going to be very judgmental and that's their deal. That's about them. What you're trying to do is important because it feels important. Yep. Uh, and like, ev- like whenever you make something, there's going to be at least a few people that aren't going to like it. You're absolutely right. Yep. Even if you like donate to a charity, some people aren't going to like you for doing that. Hey, you donated to the wrong charity or something. Yep. You're so wise to know that. It's absolutely right. And There's always going to be someone that has something to say about it. It's one thing to not like it and have your own opinion and just be able to not try to make somebody else feel bad about what they're doing. But there's always going to be someone who needs to open up their stupid mouth and say something that just shows you how little they understand about how the world works, you know, and and it's so much crazier now. When I was your age, the Internet didn't exist. People, you know, you didn't have to scroll through a comment section and just see every jamoke thinking that their opinion is important. You know, everyone in the world right now has a megaphone, just gets to go out and scream and yell all of their thoughts into the world. And some of them aren't very intelligent and aren't very well thought out at all. And it's hard. It's hard not to have those thoughts matter because because you're, you're, you're reading them. They're right there in front of your eyes. But some of these people, they don't know anything. They're literally just sitting around at home trying to have an opinion on something. Sitting around at home. home. So I I have a fun question for you that I thought of. If you could choose between getting in a time machine and going back and seeing the dinosaurs or going back and seeing any band play in the history of music, which would you choose? Any band play easily. Any band. You can choose whatever band you want to see. Wait, you so can even most- choose that you're seeing their first show, their last show, their best show. Or, Gabe, you can go see dinosaurs. You can go literally see what a Tyrannosaurus I'm going to get Eden. What? I'll get Eden, probably. What is that? What are you saying? You would go see Eden? I'll probably get Eden. Eden. Oh, you would get Eden. No, no, no. You won't get Eden. You're like my, it's like the bird. You you have no, you're not going to get hurt. You're just going to be able to watch them and see what the world looked like in the prehistoric age. And- or go see whoever you want. You want to see Metallica play in 1983, you're going. What, what I mean, would you do? So would I be able to go to multiple shows? No, 
No, sir. You can see one show with a bunch of bands on the show, but you're not just going to every gig in the world. That's Wait, cheap. So would I be able to go to a giant fest? Yeah, okay. If you do want I to have to, to pay for my ticket? You're on the list. You Not only on the list, you get the VIP, you're on the stage, you get everything you want. So well, you're not, the dinosaurs aren't even a, a blip on the radar right now, are they? You don't care about the dinosaurs at no. all. Who are you going to see? You going to see the Ramones? Yeah, maybe. Probably Minor Threat would definitely be up there. Dude, that's who I would pick. What? My, well, Minor I Threat swear would be to God, that's who I would pick. Like, seeing maybe like Minor Threat's first or last show. Any. I would see any Minor Threat show. I don't even care. Like, I can't yeah. believe you love Minor Threat. That makes me so happy. They're awesome. Like they're my favorite. They're my favorite hardcore band for sure. Yeah, there's they're all very good. You so, got to talk to Brian Baker. Yep. That blew my mind. I didn't listen to that podcast interview yet, but do you guys talk about Minor Threat at all? Us. Did we? Well, I didn't really know Minor Threat back yeah, then. He was a bad religion kid. I see. Because I saw you listed it as Brian Baker for Bad Religion, and I was like, wait a minute. This is Brian Baker for Minor Threat. But it said Minor Threat. I think too, we right? put both. I think we oh, said did you put both? Bad Maybe. Religion. Yeah. But it might have done like the title might have been too long, like to show. So it might have done like bad religion uh, dot dot dot. Maybe that is what I saw. That's so cool that you did this. You think you can get Ian on the show? You <laughs> Wait, gotta try. Singer, that'd be crazy. I mean, we have like one connection, right? You gotta try. You might it, do it, man. Wasn't the guy from Henry Rollins band that we know? Doesn't he know the song? Oh, I think so. Yeah, but we don't know him that well. <laughs> Anyway, you think it would be Minor Threat or you think it would be someone else? Because I don't want to tell you who to pick. You pick any band. I mean, Metallica would also be cool because you could, I mean, you could, uh, like, just, I don't know. It just, they'd be so small and it'd be, cool, like, you know Sick of It All, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, you know. Um, Pete from Sick of It All, I was talking to him. Mm -hmm. And because uh, we went on tour with them, like, uh. We just uh, went with... Followed them for five days. Yeah. Nice. I love it. All access. Yeah. Uh, and I was talking to him, and he said he went to Metallica's first show in New York, and they were opening for Venom. And he just hung out backstage. I mean, not backstage, but they were just chilling outside and talked to him. Like, they were not just big at all. They just, not rock stars at all yet. Just regular guys. They were just... A, Tiny local band. Yeah. I wonder oh. what year that was. I wonder if that was 82, maybe. Maybe it was 83. Something like that. Yeah. It had to be before 85, because that's about when they spiked. Because Not spiked, but like that's when they got big, because Master Puppets came out. Yeah, but they have two records before that, like Kill Em All. They're probably all. doing tours in 83. Yeah, and maybe Kill their all. first tour to New York might have even been 82. I think Kill Em All comes out in 83. Ride the Lightning in 84, 85. Yeah, and I think Master is eighty seven. I thought it was 80, 85 or eighty six. Maybe you're right. You might be right. But anyway, I bet you that Pete saw them when like Kill 'Em All was out, like early, yeah. early. That's crazy. He was there. I think that's what Zach would pick our guitar player. I think if I asked him that, he would go see an early Metallica show too. He loves that band so much. Oh, but if I could choose a final decision, yeah, probably Minor Threat because that'd just be so awesome to see. Dude, I would get in that time machine with you so fast. That is the I one. I know. Like, wait, so would, it, would you just be there in a snap or would you, would it take like how long a flight would take? 
Yeah, you just go. I don't know how these time machines work. I've never been in one, but you okay, just press you know, a button. You're there. there. You you're just there. Wait. You're outside in line waiting for doors to open with all that ang- excitement and anxiety of like, I can't wait to get in here and see these bands. You can see yeah, them. I might go to uh, the Bane show in 1999 in Nashville, the basement of a house. <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> it'd be great to see that again. True. Yeah, we were wild in that era, man. We were very, very <laughs> energetic, ferocious band in those in those years when a lot of kids didn't love us yet, so we had to really bring it live. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, uh, that's a great shirt. It's from the 1900s, he says. Yeah. Also, <laughs> from the 90s. But, um, oh my god. That made him feel old. Sorry, Gabe says 1900 sometimes, and it's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. But also. Uh, the show in New York was probably like 82, but Kill 'Em All wasn't out to the public yet. So if you traveled back in time and you were like singing along, they'd be so confused. How do they know our songs? They don't, they are out to the public. That would be weird, right? Or you accidentally yell out a song, yell out a song that they haven't written yet. <laughs> Play Master of Puppets. Exactly. Wait, what's so get this? Puppets? Get this drunk 11 year old out of here. What is he talking about? And then, then they wait. So then, would that make not have them put out Master Puppets because they'd be like, "Oh, we're just copying that kid's." Yeah, there's the whole danger of every little thing. Every little thing that you touch is going to affect the chain reaction of everything that happens after it. It gets really creepy if you start thinking about it. Better think about it in the time machine when I go to the show. If I say anything weird, will it affect? Will it affect? Maybe we don't know. That's what they say. We don't know. We don't even know how it would work. Yeah. I think it's very funny that you didn't even consider the dinosaurs because I find them so fascinating and can't believe that they ever walked around on this earth and would would just want to see it so badly. Oh, yeah. I I would love to, but like... A Metallica or Mine Fred show? Come on! I love that. I get it, man. I mean, music is the greatest thing in the world. I get it completely. So, uh, well, anything to add? Uh, anything to add before we wrap it up? No, this is great. I'm always bad at the sort of any last comments type stuff. This was really a lot of fun. I was nervous. I'd never done a podcast with an 11 year old kid before, but you run a really cool podcast. I had a blast. Thank Thanks. you for having me on. Well, I will watch uh, People Dead too, and I will send you an email let you know what I thought of it. Okay. Yep. You'll, we'll come, you'll be up here in June. Uh, you're gonna come up yeah, for the, game? the shows. Both. 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 Yeah. Ah, that's so cool. You see, we added Killing Time to the list of bands. Have you ever so heard Killing Time? You replaced Modern Life as War with them because they're didn't their drummer get cancer or something? Yeah, their drummer's dealing with some health stuff, so he's not going to be able to make it. The timing um, is really bad. That's right. I forgot. Your mom really loves Modern Life is War, right? Right. Yeah, I like him too. Do I you? Don't like stick to your guns. You like more. Yeah. Well, that's good. I'm glad. Well, my. Killing Time are one of my favorite bands. I would suggest you check out their record for sure. Okay. Right. Yeah, I'll, I'll try it. I'll check them out for the show. It's a great hardcore record. Like right up there with the best of all time, in my opinion. Okay. Well, uh, thanks to Aaron for joining me today. And thanks to all of you for watching or listening. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel or follow me on Spotify and other streaming platforms. Until next week. Bye. Every week you do one. Yep. All right. Thanks for having me, Gabe. Thank you so much. Thank you.